Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. FamilyPetAncestry.com, AllThingsComedy.com, slash Jackie Cation, all lowercase. That's a lot of websites. I'm all over the Internet. You can just Google Jackie Cation, and you'll find a lot of things. But this episode of The Dork Forest is super fun, and I thank you for listening to it. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro song. He sings it with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. Mike will sing the closing song, Mexican Hat Dance, with lyrics that he made up himself. Patrick Brady will fix this audio. Vilmos does my website. He's my website guy. So if you need a website, go look for a link in the notes to go check him out. There are many things that you can do to support the show if you like the show. You can do straightforward donation at JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com. And it's just a PayPal credit card, whatever you want. I am looking for super fans, 100 bucks a year. That'd be great. If you can't do it, don't worry about it. You can do $10 a month. I haven't made that easy. I haven't set up like a monthly payment thing because I don't like them. So I figure if you're having a good time and you have 10 bucks, you can send it to me. If you're having a good time and you have more than that, send that along. And uh, if you don't have that, don't worry about it. You can also order merch. You can get CDs and DVDs on JackieCation.com in addition to Dork Forest t-shirts. There is a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, and then there's brown and green Dork Forest t-shirts that Brett Chambers designed, and they're awesome. They're union-made here in America, so they run a little big, just so you know that. Bayside Union is the brand name. Oh, you can use the Amazon button, if you like, on JackieCation.com if you order from Amazon, and we all do. Just use that as a portal. doesn't cost you any more money, but uh, it supports the Dork Forest a little bit. So that's it. This will uh, be available on iTunes and DorkForest.com and AllThingsComedy.com on May 19th, 2015. And this week, I'm just doing stand-up in L.A. I'm home. I'm home for a couple of weeks. Pretty happy about it. And then I'm off to do an anime convention in Dallas, Texas in the first weekend of June. Anime Con, Acon. So feel free to come to that if you are in Dallas and enjoy anime. Let's get into the show, you guys. It's a good one. But first, speaking of cons, let's do an ad. Hey, Rangers, this week's sponsor is Gen Con. It's a board game convention. In Indianapolis, Indiana, their slogan is, and this is true, the best four days in gaming. This year, it's uh, July 30th through August 2nd in Indianapolis, Indiana. The badges are discounted $10 prior to June 14th, and you can get them online at GenCon.com, G-E-N-C-O-N.com, or via will call, pick up at the door. There's like 16,000 events and 350 gaming companies on site. There's literally something for every gamer. Andy's gone Two years in a row. He's going again this year. He'll do play testing. And everybody play test new games. You can meet people and play old games. You can just meet people. The greatest thing about this convention is that more people weren't standing in line to go to a panel. This is a, this is a convention where people are actually playing games and it's really, really fun. They're expecting a little more than 60,000 gamers this year, making it the largest, longest running game convention in North America. And it's just really fun. It's G-E-N-C-O-N dot com. I'm going to go. There's going to be a live dork forest 
It is July 30th through August 2nd. Come and play games, you guys. Hey, it's Jackie Cation back in my living room. Michelle McNamara, welcome back. When we met, it was murder. It's always murder. It's still murder. It's it's still still, murder. It never goes away. That's the thing. That's the thing. Michelle McNamara has uh, truecrimediary.net. Calm. 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 There we go. And at True Crime Diary on Twitter. Right. And uh, you say it has not been updated, but that's because you're writing a book. Right. So I've so not updated. stick it out. Yeah. Stick it out. Wait for it. I'm going to update soon. And Wait and, for it. Yeah. Wait Drop for it. it. Right. Drop it. That's what you always say to the dog. Drop it. <laughs> it's uh, Andy sometimes says it to me. I never take it offensive, though. I always think to myself, I like dogs. <laughs> I'm a simple woman of the people. Crime. So first things first, the reason uh, I realized I didn't have you on last year, only last oh, year. Really? I had you on like three years in a row, and every year you were top ten comedy, you were top ten episodes of the year. Oh, my God. My confidence levels just go through the roof. When <sighs> I, your fans are the best, by the way. They are. Rangers of the Dork Forest, you heard it here. First I get the best last. emails from Dork Forest fans. That's I really it. do. Oh, it's, I really, and they're very informed and very <laughs> sweet and nerdy as and all sometimes get out. dense as all heck. And you're just like, <laughs> are you still talking about that? Good for you. Good for you. It's true. And, uh, but so I last year we missed, okay. heard about that guy, Robert Durst. That guy. That guy. Oh, <laughs> the innocence. Naivete. I know. I know. I'm pretty sure OJ did it. Is that anything? Is that helping? And uh, I don't mean to be one of those like. I feel like sometimes when it comes to Durst, I'm one of those like, you know, be- oh, right. a beetle, a beetle people who are like, <laughs> You're oh, well, I saw him in Munich, and I, yeah, like no, you just came out in '64, but because not to brag, but again, like this yeah. Durst thing, I've been on it since 2000. When the murder happened in Los Angeles. So, right. He's been killing aware. people for decades. Yes. But, you know, here's the thing. Right. Um, and I'm not going to – he's not he's not an innocent man. That's not what I was going to say. But there's this big thing right now where it's like, is he a serial killer? Did he kill a lot of different people? Oh, okay. I, I'm – my hunch, my speculation is he is not that kind of killer. I okay. think he is a – when he is backed into a corner kind of killer, when it is something is inconvenient for him and he he's might a cold blooded dirtbag. Right. But he is not, but a I, he's not nabbing women off the street. Right. I might be wrong. I might right. be wrong, but maybe, maybe um, they'll find a, f- a fake floor where right. he has them all in glass coffins so that he can watch them deteriorate. Where's that serial story? Where's that serial, <laughs> horrible serial? But I will tell you that I did hear, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, he's in jail, but he's on this just like, Small charge, cause he's in Louisiana, right? Okay. On this like pot charge. I think it's like a pot and gun charge or something like that. Okay. So people are like, oh, and he's so rich, he's gonna get out. I can't say who I heard it from, but mm-hmm. I will say that mm-hmm. this person was, works in a professional capacity in law enforcement. And- Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Can I just guess? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, it would be. <laughs> um, but they said that uh, if I read what they were saying to me correctly, there mm-hmm. was maybe some winks involved. But they were basically like, he'll never see the light of day again. Oh, okay. and I and I would, and I'm not saying again, you know, he's going to Guantanamo, Guantanamo, right. but like they meant like they're going to make it. So they'll figure it out. Yeah, there's charges that are going to be fine. You know, okay, he, he's not going to be. Yeah. But um, it's too bad you didn't see the documentary because it was the facial tics alone, right? Uh, were <laughs> I mean, oof. right. The whole thing in the mirror. I read something about he's looking in the mirror. He forgot his mic was on and yeah. he just started talking about, oh, they're going to get me. He's a self-talker, which a murderer should not be a self-talker. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely not when they're mics. Right, right. So, and why would he do the documentary at all? Why? Well, yeah, that's a good question too. Um, Narcissist, they're arrogant. I guess. They're arrogant. And yeah. yeah, although maybe a part of him wanted to be caught. Who is know. he? 
Oh, he is a... There's uh, some backstory on Robert Durst. Well, the Durst, Durst family is like, you know... They I, make their money in ketchup? What no, re, no, real estate. Oh, okay. And it goes back a couple generations. But, um, you know, Bobby was, uh, was the black sheep who urinated in the, in the, in the, in the, Bobby in, Durst. in the garbage cans at work. And that oh, okay. was, you know, could not, so he didn't get promoted. Oh, okay. And that's weird. Like, yes. <laughs> he was definitely weird from, um, a long time ago, but he, you know, they, they did have a troubled childhood. The mom committed suicide when the kids were young. Oh, according to Bobby, he witnessed this. According to the siblings, everyone else, he, didn't. he did not. <laughs> which, which, what was what was fascinating is you, he's a, he's a pathological liar, clearly, and he's like probably a sociopath. But while watching the documentary, when he tells the story of witnessing his mom's suicide, yeah, I I was there with him. I believed every bit of it. Okay, and then later you you're like, oh wow, it's such it's so funny how we select believe what psychs tell us. Like, oh, he lies about everything else. Why should I believe that? Right. And I think, like, I have memories from my childhood. Uh, Nobody was killed in any of the memories that I don't necessarily think are real. But I've been told the story so right, many times right. that I'm like, no, no, I was there for that. And you're like, mm, is that were, funny? Memory that, yeah. is so weird that way. It is very flexible. And so yeah. he probably believes he's, he saw it. Yeah. But, but his, how many is. siblings does he have? Uh, I think he's three or four. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So um, it's a big enough family that you so know, she they're not getting together for holidays. There, no. there has been a long, there's restraining orders they across are, the board. <laughs> Bobby is. Yeah, Bobby is not, uh, people cross the street when they see Bobby. Wow. I mean, it's been a while. That it's it, been a while that anybody wanted any part of it. But yeah. he got married. Someone was willing to marry well, Robert you know, Durst. here's the thing. Money is a powerful aphrodisiac. <laughs> as as you know, and he had a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to, to, you know, his wife, uh, Probably not a gold digger, but no, she didn't actually strike me as a gold digger. And he may have been, he was, okay, here's the thing about the documentary too. As my friend who watched it with me said, he's disturbing. He's yes. violent. I kind of like him. Oh my God. That's he, funny. The weird thing about him is that he has this sort of intermittent charm. Okay. He's kind of like really blunt and kind of funny sometimes. Yeah. And so even though he's, he's, Obviously, a Not killer great. and and horrible. He, you could see where if if he turned on the charm, right? And it if could you work. were into kind of broken dudes, charm and money, yeah, and, and broken with, dudes with a bunch of money, yeah, and money, and not just money. I mean, this was like I own half of Manhattan, money. right? Right? Yeah, yeah. This isn't yeah. just I have a really nice job, make about a hundred grand a year. But I then also probably... this side where it was like he ran in a, a Vermont. Um, uh, organic food store with her in the late seventies. That's what I'm going to do with my money side. So you could see where a woman would be okay. like, he can't be that bad. Right. He's into you organic. Know. Yeah. Foods. He was into, you know, wheatgrass before ever <laughs> anyone else. You know. Right. So, so why do they call it jinxed? Do you know why? Cause, cause was he jinxed? What? Well, I think this point was supposed to be that he, he, I don't know. I've had some debates with people about this because some people seemed offended by the title as if they were suggesting Oh, he's so unlucky. I've just has, you know. Oh, he's unlucky and that's right. why he's. Oh, no. I mean, oh my God, Jackie. I mean, the, the jury, the jury in Galveston, Texas, where he dismembered a man and that was never in, in, in doubt. doubt. Oh, no, no. He, he dismembered a man and he killed a man allegedly. In, this is how it got off. Okay. He allegedly killed this man in self-defense, dismembered him and, um, through and he got off. Okay. What? This is what money buys you in America. Okay. What I took away from this is 
if I want to kill someone, I will take them to Galveston. Yeah. And I and will kill them there. That's the place <laughs> to kill them. Because it is. But this juror said, I'm not lying, said he's just the unluckiest guy in the world. Wow. And they had heard about the missing wife. Yeah. And the, I think the, the missing other murder. Wife. And so it was, it was self-defense supposedly with the guy. Yeah. What was his reasoning for dismembering? His, uh, did he have panic? Him? He had to get rid of him. Yeah. I don't oh, forget that. Too many part. movies. The Twinkie defense. What yeah. happened? He, it wasn't, uh, but I mean, I just can't believe you can dismember someone and still then, not guilty. And then, and there's a moment in the documentary where he literally says to his lawyer, did they say not? Like you can tell that he's, <laughs> astonished that he got off. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. And this is a white gentleman, Robert Durst. Oh, He's yeah. a white man. He's oh, yeah. a white man with a lot of money. But usually... I don't know how old is he now? Well, he's probably in his late 60s. Okay. Mid 60s. I thought that usually... I was like, these are Galveston working class folks. They're going to hate this guy. Yeah. They just... They, they bought up. They the, bonded. They bond. You know, he had great. You know, very high priced attorneys. Sure. Yeah. Dream who, team. Who were were charming enough to to, to, to win over. Yeah. It's no daredevil. Good lord. Yeah. So. So, anyways, the jinx. Every yeah, people were obsessed, and and everybody's pretty sure he did it. It's not even. Yeah. I mean, it's. Not, I, I think. I think Bob, and I'm going to call him Bob. Yes. Is I think even Bob. Would you meet Bob if 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 you oh, were God. allowed to meet a serial killer or? A you know, murderer? there was some killers that I actually, and I'll get to this later in the podcast because I'm I'm corresponding right now through mail with a serial killer, because, not out of for fun, right. but right. for my book because okay. he has a very similar mo to the man I'm looking for. Oh, okay. And so I'm I'm Silence doing a little of bit of a, yes. Thank and you. is he incarcerated? Oh yes, and he'll, okay. ne- he'll never. Yeah, as, and he'll always. He'll be never see the the light okay. of day. As as, and I have a PO box, and I'm taking. Oh, good. Care, I'm taking care of myself. Excellent. I don't and, even have a PO box. Um, <laughs> but but what I was gonna say is that um, there's certain ones that I would. You know, Robert Durst is so chilling. Like you, you'll just yeah. have to if you saw him talk. There's something about his eyes that are just like. The abyss is just, <laughs> it's two pools right, of right. just the dark. That's hell mouth. Like, it's yeah. just. Yeah, I don't want to. I I'm wouldn't. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to. Any, I don't need any part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even want to. There, there, there are people that are, that are just sort of a little spooky that I don't want to. There's a guy in uh, Illinois who, mm-hmm. um, there's a, a shitty one-nighter. Bar, bar gig, uh, and stand-up comedy. What? And I'm from Illinois. What town? Oh, weird. I don't know. Uh, I will yeah. tell you afterwards and it's on the Ranger page in, in Facebook. It's oh, okay. Like, okay. But, uh, somebody posted and asked me if I knew this comic. Oh. So a woman comic out of, out of, uh, Chicago. Okay. Was doing this, uh, crummy one-nighter at a dive bar in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. And she went to the bathroom and was mm-hmm. sitting on the toilet and there was a giant full-length mirror opposite the toilet. And she right. was like, oh, why is that there? <laughs> and, uh, it's a, it was a door. Right. So she opened the door. She's like, oh, it's a cleaning closet. She looked on the other side of the door, two-way mirror. Oh, my God. And so uh, she posted a video about how how dumb this is. I wish I would have. We should tell everyone. And, right. uh, and then Jezebel, the, the site, right. uh, called the, the guy who owned it. And the guy who owned it, complete and utter psychopath. But I can't figure out if he's a moron. Well, he's the one who obviously set it up. Right. He said, I can't. That's been there since 2001. It's on our Yelp page. People know about that. We have it. Uh, and you're like, what? He said, we have really good wings. And he kept oh talking. My about God. <laughs> oh right. My but he was God. just a nutbag where I was like, 
Oh, I've met that guy. I think he's just an idiot and doesn't know that his employees well, was there are... a camera in there? Well, there was no camera. And what he said is that it was for Halloween is that they would put uh like a monster on in the cleaning closet. And then when you sat down to go to the bathroom, you would see a monster or something. <laughs> I said, the way these people dig themselves out of, it's always a hundred times more horrifying than they ever think it's going to be. Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. So weird. And... The Jezebel lady was like, hey, are you going to take that down? He said, I will burn this place around myself before I take that down. Oh, and you're boy. like, you are not good at this at all, sir. Oh, God. And I just, it was such a weird, not that he's a psychopath or, or a serial killer, but he seemed, it's, yeah. it's, it's like the level of what we are, what I'm willing to meet and hang out with. And that guy is not one of them. Right. But, but also it, just like how things have changed, what people can do to, you just, you read about these elaborate schemes where like the, the, you know, the pen camera in a, under a toilet and stuff. Oh, right. And it's like, first of all, why is that your fetish? <laughs> I mean, that is is my first question. It really is. Because what could you possibly... What happened to you that made that be your fetish? Oh, God. About peeing? Peeing should never... No offense, folks. So when I talk to the cops, because like a lot of my cases happened in the 70s, and what's interesting to me is they'll say with with a straight face, they're like, you would not believe how many... Basically, before internet porn, or all these abilities to do these things, men would... Masturbate to, to Sears catalogs. Sure. And ra- walk around the neighborhood and they would peep. And that was not, it was not, it was like what your dad would do, essentially. <laughs> they said now, yeah. if I see someone outside a woman's window, he's a rapist, he's a 290 registrant, it's over. It's like he'll probably go away for he's 200 a, years. Yeah. Like we could make the case that he, he's like, it's so different. A peeper right. now, it, just a, an old fashioned, I'm going to stand at your window and try to look at you. Yeah. They, they vibe as violent offender. Whereas before they were like, just imagine these, like your uncle was meandering around right. with this, like Sears in the catalog. hopes to see it like a nipple or right. something. Right. Or yeah. like a st- an old fanish, old fashioned pantyhose, right. you know, right. like it's something. Like, Look, she's wearing a stocking with a garter. Right. And it's like that. And I know, I, I remember. Oh, the old days. Oh, the old days <laughs> when you would find porn in the woods. It's uh... totally, <laughs> but also what we used to as women and not to get all my, you know, yeah. but you know, it has been the year. I mean, it's been a great year for women, right? Oh, just um, one day after another. It's just somebody handing me 20s under the table at all time for being a woman. But I, but I was talking recently about how, like, I don't know if you had this experience, but when I was little, I was a Catholic school girl. I, it was, it wouldn't happen every week. I would say yeah. maybe a half dozen times a year. Okay. It was very common for me to just see an older man in a car doing something that, you know, he wasn't Working on a Rubik's cube, <laughs> like I knew he had his hands, and he was masturbating, yeah. and it was—I just took it for granted, which is so frightening when I think right. about it now. Right. That I just and I talked to a lot of my female friends, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, we like There's, we had one or two of those experiences. I had it more often than not. Maybe it was always the same guy. Maybe it's know, Catholicism, but, but yeah. uh, or, or or I there's there's weird creep that goes on when you're a little girl that right. I don't know if it happens if it happens if you're a little boy right. where you're like where there's just some dude who's who's a little too touchy or a little too like but I don't, I don't think it happens as much anymore is what well, and I don't think that it I mean I didn't get molested right it but was you, it was just you although you I just, got offended but it was like the <laughs> landscape of being a little girl I guess right. is what I'm saying it was part of your experience as a little girl right and I find that just so fascinating that I was telling a bunch of dude dudes listen to me dudes just gentlemen men in my family that lately and they were just couldn't believe what I was telling them and I was like 
Just, everyone's been a little raped, guys. Like yeah. we've all been a little. I, I yeah, hate, and yeah. every woman That's in the it. room was like, "Yeah." They were like, "Oh yeah, just yeah, just a little." Yeah, it's I a, mean, sometimes you know, more, sometimes worse. Yeah, but and, every single woman here has just been a quote little raped. Yeah, uh, please write that book. Uh, <laughs> we've all been a little raped. Oh. And, well, it's it's so it's like when you uh, I wrote uh, there was the guy in Santa Barbara who shot up the town. Yes, that kid. And and then there was this huge black backlash. Right. And then there was the yes all women thing. So I wrote a blog cuz that's how I like to affect change. Right. And and I was talking about how, you know, even I have been creeped on and I am not Helen of Troy. Right. You know, I I mean there's there's dudes who were mad at all women and I was the woman standing in front of them. Right. And so and I never thought about it much because it's like what you said. It's like you're a fish in water. You don't think about the water. Right. Like it's just you live a little defensively. And, right. But you're not I don't even live crazy defensively, but right. I'm aware of my surroundings. Well, it was so, yeah. there was this documentary that I was just watching actually before I came over here about the Grim Sleeper, who was this serial killer in L.A. Okay, so who was caught? Who who killed all these I, women in South oh, Central? Right. It was a big story a couple of years. You ago. You told me about it, yeah. And they did a they just did a documentary about it, but they're interviewing one of his friends. And well, there were a couple of hilarious things the person said, which were, first of all, just like, he was such a family man. I mean, this is a guy who spent all his time with his son. I mean, his son was learning to drive at nine as, as if that was, and he was like, right. he just was invested in his son. I'm like, first of all, why was his son driving at nine? Right. I think he was just getaway man, <laughs> getaway man. But then also he said, um, you know, he just, he was a good friend. He valued lives. Why would he do this? And I just screamed at this <laughs> hatred of women. Like you right. just don't get it. He hated yeah, women. He had it. He had an issue with women and it manifested itself harsher than most men who had, who got right. broken up with. Right. Or their moms were weird. Yeah. Or. I mean, this is the guy who was like inserting screwdrivers into. Into you people's know. orifices? Yes. yes. Oh, flock of Although seagulls, I, I, I interviewed one of the cops who caught him. And I had all these like psychological mumbo jumbo questions. Oh, right. Like, what, what, you, what do you think happened to him and his childhood? <laughs> and also the guy was just, I had taken him to Langer's, which is the best place ever for pastrami. And oh I'm yeah. Like, oh my God. The number 19. Okay. So I'm we're having, enough. we're, we're having the number 19 and he's like listening to all my, my armchair Freud. <laughs> and then he just goes, I think he enjoyed it. It oh, was just like go. end of period, like period. stop, just that was it. I think oh. he enjoyed it. Nutbag enjoyed it and we're going to move on. Yeah. He was like no damaged childhood. No, whatever. I just think he enjoyed it. I was okay. like, Oof. wow. Yeah. I'd prefer damaged childhood. Yeah. Cause I it feels reasons. like, right. Cause then, then that would be somehow you could re- rehabilitate or you could fix or you could like, I just finished reading this book about this child soldier in Sierra Leone. Oh, cheerful stuff. Cheerful stuff. It's called, uh, the boy. Oh, I feel like I've heard. Yeah, Ishmael Bea is the kid's name. Okay, okay. Um, what, what else are you reading? I'll be right back. Okay. Well, I would highly recommend Ghetto Side, yeah. which is about, um, I just can't recommend it highly enough. I'm in the middle of it and it's about LA and some, the cops who work South Central. And for anyone who thinks they sort of know the narrative of like, Black communities and police should read this book because it's called Ghetto Side. It's called Ghetto Side. It's not disparage. They no no. It's a it explains why it's called Ghetto Side. But it is it is so well done. The reporting is astonishing, and there are things in it that are so surprising when you read it that you don't think. Like at one point, one of the women in Watts was like, "It's not that we think you're picking on us." You're not doing enough to protect us. I mean, it's, uh, it's like sort of, there's just like twists. It's always more right. complicated. Obviously. It's always more complicated. And the reveals, the yeah. things that are revealed whenever, like I read, um, How to Be Black by Baratunde 
Thurston, I think is his name. Anyway, uh, he writes for the onion and, uh, and it was, it's essentially his memoir and it's like one of those essays kind of things, Mm -hmm. but it's also, there's a couple of tongue in cheek, like how to be the, the black best friend of a white person. Right. And there were some examples in there of my own racism. Right. Where I'm just like, Oh shit, I've done that. Like what? That was, uh, you know, I can't, it was something incredibly condescending about me wanting to help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just some sort of weird white lady thing where you're like, well, I, well, I can fix that. Uh, it's allow me to speak for you. Right. And you're like, wow, please don't. Uh, please allow everyone to be a grown up person and, right. uh, right. and, and live their own lives. And this book, I, <laughs> I did, uh, a long way gone, memoirs of a boy soldier by Ishmael Bea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, Fascinating because he's in Sierra Leone and it's from when he was 12 to when he was 16. He uh, killed a lot of people. Wow. And uh, he tells the story of how the rebels came and they, they burned his, his village. And then him, his, one of his brothers and three little boys, they're all 12, Mm -hmm. the young boy, men boys and uh, go off into the woods hiding from the army and the, and the rebels Mm -hmm. for months. And they're half starving and they're, and they're, and all he has is in his pockets are LL Cool J tapes because he loves and, and, uh, and Eric B and Rakim. And it's, um, and there was one thing where he was chased out of a village, him and the boys, and they had taken away their shoes and put them on the sand and their feet were swelling up because it was so hot. Uh-huh. And he said, it was at that time. And this was before he's in the army killing people. And he said, right. I got really discouraged. Oh my god. I was like, did you? Did right. you get really discouraged, right. uh, starving and almost dying? And, uh, my life is good. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. The takeaway <laughs> yeah. so many times is, yeah. wow, my life is good. Yeah. And, and he is, he's a, you know, he's a very, um, he's a, you know, is he in America now or he still, is? He yeah. went to Oberlin and, oh, uh, wow. and essentially he got him, he got himself, UNICEF and the, and, and some UN thing came to, um, you know, get as many of these kids out of the, out of both sides of the army. And they. I think I would have a problem not killing people at Oberlin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just knowing the few people. No, I shouldn't so, say that. My nephew went to Oberlin. He's a, a great human. Nice but there's just a certain Oberlin personality that. Right. Well, is, and this, mm-hmm. and this kid, I mean, he got here when he was probably 16 and a half, like mm-hmm. pushing 17. And I mean, he was like rescued basically. He was rescued. This, yeah. And then him and all of a bunch of other young boy soldiers tried to kill each other in nightmares. And, and, oh and he had to essentially rehabilitate. They rehabilitated him. They, right. They pointed out that he was a child and he did horrible things. And he said, and I will always be guilty of those things. Right. But I am not that person. But I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't want to be that person again, which is why he like, he took like three buses into Ghana or to some other country, the country next, whatever's next to Sierra Leone. How's Mm -hmm. the geography coming? And, uh, (laughs) and spent like all of his money because he knew that if he got, he got captured by the army, they'd be like, Oh, you're going to be in the army again. Right. And then he would spend the rest of his life killing people. And then he was like, I am going to run away and see if that As will work. As a child. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, I was like listening to Duran Duran and my two chorns. And the, the creepiest yeah. thing about it though, was that I'm reading it going, Oh, if someone would have caught me at 12, I would have been a murdering 
psychopath. Yeah, 12 is a you are an open page waiting to be written on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's a tough it's yeah. a t- it's a tough place and mm-hmm. you know and all he did was coke. They were just cocaine whoa, and whoa 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 yeah, whoa. What? They, they had really? drugs. It was just marijuana and something called brown brown which was a mix of tobacco and cocaine. Oh my God. And then they would sit there and watch all of the Rambo movies. Over and over I and over again. This book, this yeah, time. you have the to. The details are crazy. They're, cr- they're it's a, and it's, they're, it's not victim-y at mm-hmm. all. Right. It's just, um, matter of fact. It's yeah. incredibly matter of yeah. fact. And it's, and it's full of, you know, there's, there's poignancy to the regret, mm-hmm. but there's not, you know, he's not looking for your sympathy. Mm-hmm. He's looking for your understanding to some extent. He's right. just, because he wrote it and then his friends read it and they sent it mm-hmm. off to be published. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? And I think he was like 25 when they did it. Cause, wow. and so it was, it's a trip and it's, but the, the psychological idea of murder mm-hmm. isn't that far away from, I, I don't think not for mm-hmm. me anyway. I, and I wish it were, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I could think, well, I could never kill someone, mm-hmm. but sometimes I think about killing any number of people mm-hmm. and it's just because <clears> of <throat> there's so much injustice sometimes that even now, Wow, this is too much info for you, but, uh, but, <laughs> but even now, like I, I remember I would have nightmares about killing, um, Dick Cheney's grandchildren. I'm not even kidding. Whoa. Dreams? Yeah. There was a nightmare where I had, oh, all I love of this- that you called it a nightmare and I called it a dream. <laughs> I, I was like the prosecutor this- attorney. Let's call this a dream, Jackie. <laughs> Let's call it what it really was. It was the worst. I had all of these children just lined up and I was like, I will eventually find one that you Did like the best. Did he take up that much space in your active um, he must have, conscious mind? He was such a bad guy in my head. Yeah. That I was like. No, no, not in your head. In real, in in, real life. Right, like in he, real life. He, yeah. I felt like but he was to blame for so, so many much, things right. that were going wrong. And he was the personification of things that he didn't have anything to do with. But right. he But he justified them. In so many ways, too. Like right. he's just Dick Cheney is, in my mind, a horrible person, right? And oh, on yeah. purpose no, no. and by accident, right? And so, but I know that his grandchildren love him, right? And so, in my dreams, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna find the one you like the best and kill oh, it. Oh, I see, right? And, and it—that's what I would right. think. I was like, I'm gonna kill it, right. and then I'm gonna make you watch. Wow! And it was like this horrible nightmare, and I was like. Get out of this dream, Cation. Get out of this dream. Wow. And have you ever had the dream? Have we talked ugh. about this? Cause I find that there's two types of people. The people who believe that they're going to be falsely, um, like that they're going to be falsely accused of a crime. Oh, interesting. And I have never had that fear. I have never had that fear. I guess I think we're just good people. <laughs> That's why. And, but I have a lot of friends who have that weird fear, like something, a murder's going to happen, oh, okay. and they're going to be, and I just don't have that fear. I do they ever have the Jason Bourne follow up fear where they were running and they're finding out who did I it? I don't know. No, <laughs> that's what I would. No, want. it's more like even just if it's not even a dream. It's like they think, oh, this could happen to me, and I oh, just in real life never think that. I never think that. And I think my identity is going to be stolen. This is my yeah. theory. I think you and I have confidence in our ability to talk our way out of things. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think we think we could sit across from the two best interrogators that LAPD could give us and we would be like, fellas, look me in the eye. And <laughs> tell me. I did not do this. <laughs> which okay, which leads me to the next thing, which is I so I I attended this conference, which was right. fascinating. The California Homicide Investigators Association, horribly acronymed Chia. 
Okay. But, um, the, in Las Vegas. It's like a convention? It's all murder cops from California. They get together once a year. They go to seminars. Is there cosplay? <laughs> There's just seminars and gambling and drinking. The seminars are fascinating. Everyone's I was, armed. I was allowed to wear the lanyard. I, oh, I, that's awesome. So I turned around and looked, I, I put on the face of a San Jose hardened female <laughs> detective. No one knew the, knew you the better. You did cosplay. Well I played. Went to, yeah. I went to many seminars. Do you wear a blazer? <laughs> No, I, I didn't, I probably didn't even pull it off because I looked way too like happy to be there. Like, wow. But I, my, my, my goal was to just sort of have some takeaways of just like what, what, you know, cop life and all this kind of stuff and just little things that stuck with me after the two days of really spending a lot of time drinking and gambling with yeah. these fellas. I mean, $5 blackjack. These are not high rollers, right. but they, um, but one, two things that I'll say that I thought were interesting is there was this Ben Affleck like looking sergeant from Northern California who is the most sort of chivalrous, nicest guy who wouldn't swear, wouldn't. And I, you know, we were drinking, we were really getting yeah. along and I was just kind of trying to say like, what being like a homicide detective, like, what could you tell me, you know, was your biggest takeaway or what would yeah. you say, you know, all this stuff. And, and he was really kind of struggling to articulate anything. And as the drunker and drunker he got, all of a sudden he just got really quiet and he looks me in the eye and he goes, men are shit. Oh, and it was like, that's the, his takeaway. That was his takeaway. And it was so succinct. And ju- he goes, I could say a lot of things, but I'm just going to tell you this. Men are shit. And I was like, wow. And he goes, and I'm a man and I have a son. And and then that's what I've learned being a cop. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Well, teach your son not to. And that's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, it's the, I mean, and the thing is, is, is I hang, I think we both hang around with a great number of men. Right. And most of the men I know are decent. Right. Great dudes. Right. I mean, that's what he said. He actually is like, I could qualify it with a million things. Yeah. What I'm saying is what I, the horrors that I see are mostly at the hands of men. Of the, yeah. And, and it's not the men we know and it's not the men in this room, these rooms. Yeah. All, all yeah. Some of them probably. Maybe. Um, but you know, he's like, it's, it's just but what it's it pre- is. Pre- you know? prepon- what, it's mostly the vast majority of violent yes. crimes are, yeah. are, are, are guys and, yeah. and they're bad guys. And, yeah. and so that's. And then yeah. the other thing that I found, just little things I found interesting is like, I was like, what's your favorite thing that ever happens like in an interrogation room? Yeah. And this one guy goes, I love it when everyone looks for the head tilt. And I go, what are you talking about? And he was like, when you're interrogating someone and you see their head start to go down, you know, you've got them because people will confess, people go like this. You can't see me, but I'm putting yeah. my head down. That is when they're going to confess because no one will look you in the eye and confess. They always do that. Oh, and he was like, so we, we literally are trained to look for the tilt to the head okay. and to, to keep going because we know we've got them. Right. Isn't Cause that, not, not now they're on the ropes. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Note to self. If I ever just decide to go into a life of crime. Yeah. And although Patton, I've interrogated him endlessly and he never does a head tilt. <laughs> and I know he's lying right to my face. <laughs> I'm like, I know you. you put that laundry on the floor. <laughs> Of our, of our laundry well, room. First of all, my clean laundry. Him. The clean laundry now it's sitting on the floor? He is the best. Oh, God. I don't know if it's <laughs> being a comedian. I'm not going to diss comedians. I don't know what it is, but he just has that. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I know you did it. I know you did it. Like, well, I think it's because you're married, too. Yes, and the, I know. And he knows that he's like, well, if I just stick to my guns. He's got a strategy now, too, in which he does the cough, buying time. Okay. So, so I'll be like, did you, are you the one who dumped my clean laundry on the oh, dirty uh, floor? 
<laughs> no, no, no. Oh, like thinking just exactly what the timing might be, who else it could be. Right, right. When did that happen? I'm when like, did the that cough, happen? The, the Was cough. there anyone here? <laughs> right. Did anyone deliver can, anything? Can I blame it on our daughter who's six who doesn't yes. want to go down to the laundry room. Ever. And, uh, <laughs> yes, you are married to Pat Doswalt, one of the best comics in the whole wide world. Oh, and, uh, thank bit you. of a fan, bit of a fan. And so. He is funny. And he is. Yeah, turns out mm-hmm. not a hobby. Turns out yeah. that Pat Oswalt. Not uh, also um the most comfortable person among uh, murder cops. It turns out. Oh if, really? Oh, you've never seen someone more uncomfortable in a room. I was like Pat. I had to take him aside. I was like, unless you've committed murder, you're fine. Just relax. <laughs> safe space. For have you. a drink. He just was like so stiff and uncertain, and I'm like. Because I'm around them all the time for work. Right. So I just, know, I'm like, you can swear, you can do whatever you want. They don't give a shit. Right. Even talk about smoking pot once, even though you don't smoke pot. Like, they right. don't care. Right. You, you know? You can tell them that you drank before you were 21. Right. They're just, they're not like school they're monitor. Not right. And he That's was like, funny. he just still couldn't, it, it took a while for him to bond with them. Right. It was, it was hard. So how often do you hang out with cops? A lot. A like lot. every week? Seems like it. Okay. I mean, I'm either talking to them on the phone or with them because the thing is, because of the book, it's the cops are in five different jurisdictions. So I'm, I'm always with one or the other of them. And then I have some friends in the LAPD too, who just to get background information on cop procedure and stuff like that, I talk to them a lot too. So I'm just, I've spent a lot of time. I did a benefit for the cop scouts. That's not what they're called. Uh, police, Uh, oh, explorers probably. Yeah, something like that. They're, they're essentially, it's a, it's, it's youth. Who want to be cops. Who want to be cops and, and it essentially they stood around, uh, learning how boring it is to be a cop. Uh, it was, uh, it was like a dinner and then a comedy show. Yeah. And, were um, they good, were they generous laughers? I mean, not uh, in a bad well, way. I yeah, mean. The, uh, everybody in the audience were, um, it was sort of like this for cop scouts. So they were like the, all the, all the audience members were older, LA people that were. Were they law enforcement though? Yeah. They okay. were all law enforcement. They're a tough crowd. Yeah, they, I told Pat and I said, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. Yeah. Stick to, they've seen everything and that means everything. Right. So stick to the, I told him to bring out like your edgiest, edgiest stuff. Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to make him laugh. And that helped. Well, that's, and, and I, you know what I did do? I did, I was, somebody was like, well, do you, you've got to keep it clean. And I was like, no, for cops, dark. what do dark. I care? They want dark stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't getting paid that much. So I was like, it's going to be for me. Yeah. I'm going to do my favorite jokes, my weird sexual healing thing about being, um, mm. about how I was attacked on the bus uh, a couple of times when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And so I'm doing a joke, hilarious joke about how Andy, uh, and Andy and I having the sex, doing it, mm-hmm. and uh, and he poked me in a way that reminded me of oh a God. negative sexual oh experience. <laughs> so then all of a sudden he's having sex with someone who's crying. Oh no! Oh no. And then. <laughs> <laughs> God, and then, so and the audience always just kind of tightens up and I'm like, well, you know, you got two choices when you're crying during sex as a woman. You can lie there stoically while he, you know, he ruts like it's a Dickens novel. Right. And oh, silent tears course down your face. Or you could talk to him like a person who wants you to have a good time. <laughs> Through your he, tears. Because he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> you gotta say, boo-hoo, sad thing. I'm gonna need a minute to regroup. Oh and, uh, my God. But he's a game designer. So the point of the joke is that he's like, well, you know, of course, take his Did you time. not like my game? Well, he was like, we're going to LARP it out. We're going to live action oh, role God. play it out. No, we'll take no. a couple of chairs. We'll put them in the kitchen. Pretend oh. we're on the bus. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll go through the, through the scenario and take back the night. Oh, my God. Did you take back the night? We took back the night. Oh, 
the very bus, funny. The and then I was like, gone. uh, right. And I was like, well, what else can you fix? Right. I was like, I've never been able to finish the Iliad. I told <laughs> him he's can't help me with the Iliad. He told me. Did, so did they, the, oh, they like they, that? The cops love. were on board. Yeah. The See, cops they were, like yeah, that. They, they like that. Stuff. Yeah. They love that stuff. So it's, uh, but I wonder, cause you said you're, you're actually corresponding with a guy who mm. was convicted oh. of murder, mm-hmm. serial murder, like multiple murders. Oh yeah. And so how you do you talk know it to? from his letters? <laughs> sure he's, how's his grammar? How's his penmanship? Well, you, his penmanship is incredible, which is bizarre that because is bizarre. mine is awful. So what? I type. Okay. And, um, we're both left-handed. We bounded over that. I, um, he's all things. He's, <laughs> I wrote to, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to get into well, it because he's a little bit well known. Right. And, and, and you would, you'll, you'll put it in the book. Right. So keep. But he, um, he, uh, I reached out to him for two reasons. He, well, he has the same MO as my guy. He was, uh, he said at his hearing that he would like to help law enforcement stop, prevent people oh, from future. him. future. So I was like, well, here's a guy who said that. So let's right. see if he does. And then secondly, he worked at a bookstore at one point and considers himself a little bookish. Okay. And I thought, well, there I do as well about yeah. myself. So I thought I will just write him a letter without asking him anything at first. Yep. And just talk to him about books. And we started talking about books and it went back and forth. Which we, books? Well, he's a Bukowski fan. Of course he is. <laughs> of course he is. Hunter S. Thompson, Bukowski, Kerouac. Oh. Exhausting. And then that guy. I'm afraid the they have the access sea. to podcasts at these prisons. I think <laughs> I feel like he has said like. But which, it's. But the thing is, is it's not. I don't. I'm think not I'm, making fun of your Bukowski. No, I'm. I'm not no. making fun of anyone who <laughs> likes Bukowski and and all that stuff. It's just there's a it. It's a very boy kind of thing it to is. like, it's and a, it's a very like certain age group. Yeah, but do you, the one thing about Bukowski, I'm not a huge fan. I do love what he wrote on his what he had written on his tombstone. Do you know what it no. is? No, don't try. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, Which I love. I love I, him for that. Just I won't try. Bamford says to me often, she'll say, you know, uh, I, I went to a workaholic and this is true. She went to a workaholics <laughs> meeting and, oh God, uh, I don't know. And she said, workaholics, they tell you, you got, as, as a, as an exercise, you got to practice giving 20%. <laughs> And I was like, so sometimes she's like freaking out about because she practices, she rehearses her material all the time. Yeah. And I said, hey, twenty percent over there. You're giving way more than twenty percent. Right, right. I have to practice giving twenty percent. I want her to be on her gravestone. Give twenty percent. Right. But no. So his um nothing to um we the, the thing I guess I that I've noticed most about our correspondence is that he mentions I don't even think he realizes it, but he mentions often sort of. Um, in just describing an anecdote or something, how he was off in his, in that place in his mind where he goes. Okay. And I thought he doesn't even realize that's the place. Like that's that's the place where probably he was because he he was a double life kind of guy. Like I'll just say this about him. He was not a street thug kind of, he didn't have any criminal criminal. He was not a, (laughs) he was, um, did not have a criminal record. I mean, even for sexual offenses or anything like that. So this was like, right. a, this was a guy with monogamous relationships, steady right. job. I mean, this was a shocker of the year. Right. And um, so when he speaks of this going to this other place, I feel like that's such an insight into, yeah. into how, because they do have these, when you read about these guys, what you tend to come up uh, when you, what you learn more and more is just how rich their kind of 
fantasy, fantasy life, life is, is so much richer than mine will ever be. Right, right. Um, and just that's where they spend most of their time. So why aren't they authors? It'd be so. I, uh, yes, there might be some morning pages. You want to bleed some of that off, right? Or just yeah. yeah I don't know. So you told me that the, you talked to uh, like a, a uh, what is it a, a sex crimes expert? Oh right, about, so, about Cosby. Cosby. Well, because we were talking about something else again. My own book, yeah. and then I. So we, yeah, who's your who's your my serial? guy is the Golden State Killer. I've been oh, talking right. him forever. That's right, you have. He's just oh, that guy's he won't get out of my caught. life, <laughs> and still not caught, if I remember correctly. <laughs> he has spent way too much time in my life. <laughs> um, I yeah, because I, I I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I have. There's this analogy where like you know most people I guess who get lost in the forest die because they won't change direction they've gone they've committed so far to one direction they won't oh, change even really? if it doesn't seem yeah i read that statistic and i thought i understand that because i've now committed myself so much <laughs> to this guy that god damn it i'm gonna like you gotta it figure can't out who be it that, is. i can't be that i don't find him like right it has taken over my life in a way that you would just be <laughs> and i'm i it's way beyond what anybody knows. Right. Like I literally have the 1975 Sacramento, like the musty, grossed directory. Right. And I'm writing down every name and looking into every person. It gets, it's right. Bad. But anyways, I saw I Cosby, who was much more interesting. So I talked to <laughs> the sex crimes expert and I said, and again, Where I did went, you meet a sex crimes expert? Like the, con, uh, at well, the convention? she, it's a woman okay. and she was married to one of my cops that I deal with on my oh, case. Okay. And she's okay. fantastic. Awesome. And we were having dinner and he left the room for a minute. And I said, let's talk about Cosby for a second. I said, what is, is he a necrophiliac? Like I couldn't get oh, over right. the fact that he wanted sort of them unconscious. Yeah. And again, I went into my spinning of the, what kind of fetish is this? Whatever. And she sort of looked at me very kind of puzzled and just went, he was committing a crime you didn't want to witness. Like he, he just, oh. he didn't, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, I have overthought it as well. It, Cause, um, Andy and I were talking about how most of the women said they would probably have had sex with him anyway if he had asked. And, right. um, but me, and then psychologically I was thinking, well, maybe he doesn't think it's cheating if they're unconscious. Yeah. There's gotta be some, because, obviously something going on with he's, him. He's like this, the rest of his life, he's like this upright citizen guy, right? As far he's as suppo- we know. As far as we I, know, I he's think, supposed to be, I think he's, I think he's, he's supposed, supposed to be, to be dad on the Cosby right. show. Just, a, which is fiction. Right. I think when you fiction. read like anecdotes about what kind of person he was behind the scenes, he was, okay, put it this way. I think it's fascinating. This guy's worked, what, 50 years in entertainment? Yeah. How many people came out in support of Bill Cosby when this happened? Like two? Zero. Zero, maybe oh, two? Yeah. That's very tough. That silence was deafening to me because that's an excellent point. I was like, wow, was- where are all the people who've worked with Bill Cosby who are attesting to his character? No one because he's an asshole and everyone right. knew it for years. Right. And it had nothing to do with raping women. He was just in he's addition, a, a deeply unpleasant person. Right. In like, addition to that, he must be a deeply unpleasant person. Yeah, he was. I mean, I know this from talking to people who worked oh with him. Oh, my God. Horrible. So, but but her point was just like, uh, she thinks he didn't want to deal with the... The, <laughs> the social the, interaction. Yeah, the, the social interaction. But I was like, I just, my mind, I'm like, what do you get, how do you get off like... Getting off on someone who's literally not responsive. It just seems so weird to me. A lot of lube has got to be used to because nobody's into it. There are many, many logistical questions. I, I, I I agree. But it is true that he, it's, no, I don't don't know. It's true that he can't like, he can't find like, he can't, 
as Bill Cosby, the height of his fame, can't like see a woman he fancies and then like go into a bathroom, put on a ski mask, and then come out. Like she's yeah. already she's already met Puddin' Man. You know, it's right, not like right, he's right. suddenly gonna be like right. talking in his Huge. voice in a ski mask. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he he had to do it that way. And and I've seen him do stand up now twice. Oh, uh, I've never seen like him. three years ago. I saw him, and then two years before that, um, I had never even heard the album. Mm-hmm. Like himself, everybody. Oh, because yeah. oh, no, Patton, like I, the I was, early stuff, he raves about it. I wasn't raised on it. I oh, was raised uh-huh. on sales technique. I wasn't raised on comedy, sadly. <laughs> Wait, uh, on what technique? Sales, uh, Zig Ziglar, motivational speakers. A lot of, uh, lot, lot of people telling me <laughs> that you gotta, you gotta mean it. Oh and, God. uh, you wanna sell the sizzle, not the steak. And, uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so, but it was, but I, I remember hearing Noah when I was probably eight years old, that, mm-hmm. that joke, Noah, and I loved it. Right. And then I saw him do stand up for the first time at, at an Orange County fair, at the uh, Orange mm-hmm. County fair. And it was fascinating because I was like, we left and I said, well, it was really good. He was very funny. But the most interesting thing is that it wasn't amazing. It was just stand-up comedy. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. – it didn't blow me away. Like when I see – I mean I'm very rarely blown away by st- – I see so right. much stand-up comedy that I'm just like, oh, that's a, that's really good. And it wasn't even that. I was just like, oh, that guy's really good at what he does. Right. And he's been doing it for 50 years. But he brought a kid up on stage that was a kind of chubby mm-hmm. and he made fun of that kid. No, that's what I'm talking about is people have been noticing that for years. He's – He's a, he's a push downward person. Yeah. He, he is, he has said some horrible things to people over the years that, that I've heard Don't about. Don't make any sense. Yeah. I didn't even know what I, I, Andy said that my jaw just dropped. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah. And he made fun of this kid and then he brought his mom up and I thought the mom was going to hit him and he yeah. got out of it. It was like he had dug himself a hole, jumped into it, shoved dirt in his mouth and then got out of the hole because he'd been doing stand up comedy for 50 years. All and right. it was, but it was a little sadistic. It felt like he was doing it because he could. Mm-hmm. Right. No, because I think he, there's a, there's sadism there more than I would put him it, more along the sadist as rather than punchline. There was, no, than, punch so, there was right. no punchline. And there was no reason to do it. And I was like, well, is he looking for the bit? Maybe he's looking for the bit. But why does he have to involve these two people? Right, <laughs> Just right. Just look for the bit. You could talk about fat mm. kids without having a fat kid on stage. Right. That seems just... But no, he cool. does. I The stories I've heard were always about humiliating people. And there's okay. there's a, you know, again... Maybe that's it. He likes to humiliate people and yeah. make them feel bad. And yeah. Yeah, that is, that is crazy. Wow. Yeah, who knows what will happen to him. Right. It's, uh, so, so, okay. Now I want to, we, let's leave Bill Cosby on the side of the road where he belongs. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, the, you talked about the pen pal thing and (laughs) (laughs) your pen pal, you got a pen pal. Oh my God. (laughs) And so I'm just, so crime technology. Oh, okay. I did. I would love to hear about crime technology, current crime technology. Yes. There is this new company that I'm fascinated with that I'm trying, that it looks like I might be able to use for my case, which is this. They can now take DNA and from the DNA create a composite. So DNA of like an unknown offender. Right. Can, can create a composite of what that person's face probably looks like because the, really? the, yes, because the genetic, the genetic technology is so advanced now that they know they can, they can, you know, account for eye color, hair color, facial features. And they, yeah. they've practiced it. So you can go on this website. And see what's the what the, you, and the ones like the just ordinary people who've done it. Yeah. And it's eerie. But you can just put your own. 
Well, no, I mean, you wouldn't, they just do, do it. They just do it. It's only for law enforcement, really. Oh, okay. I mean, they just do it to show the accuracy of the tech. Do you know the name of the website or the well, name I, of the tech company? Or? It's Parabon, um, Snapshot. I think I'm pronouncing that right, but P-A-R-A-B-O-N, uh, Snapshot. Snapshot. Okay. Um, well, just in so case yeah. anybody wants to go look at it. It's so. really interesting. And so that's really fascinating because there's, with our guy, he wore a ski mask and there's yeah. some accurate, fairly accurate site. You know, it's just like you see some people. Do they around. have DNA of your guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's got. Well, not only DNA, but they have his Y DNA, which is his paternal line. Oh, okay. You know, the ancestry, all that. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show on, on PBS called Genealogy Ancestry? Genealogy Ancestry? No, but it's I know a lot about road show. Oh. It's a genealogy roadshow. That's what it's called. Oh, okay. Because it's made by the same people who do antique roadshow, but it's genealogy roadshow. Oh, God, that's hilarious. It is awesome. People just, they're like, Hey, I was wondering about my great grandfather. Oh. And you're like, well, and he wasn't your great grandfather. <laughs> right. There's, there's a like, lot of that. There's probably, some yeah. of that. And there's a lot of, um, well, like they had an older lady on and, and she was like, well, my grandmother was always so mysterious about her time in New Orleans. And you're like, well, she was black. And, uh, and then she moved to Chicago and she was white. And she's like, what? And it's called passing. <laughs> right. And your grandmother was the one. And this woman is drinking like a cup of coffee and her pinkies up and she's like, fascinating. And then the, have you ever done one of these tests? No, no. Oh, cause they, I really, Are they would, great? they're great. They're fascinating. I did 23 and me. And I'm telling you, it was so, they don't, what's 23 and 23 me? and me is this great company that, um, they've, they were one of the first, uh, people to do this, this company. It was like the Google, I feel like it was like the Google founder's wife or something who started it, but it was, we both, Pat and I both did it. You get a little kit, you get a Q-tip, oh. you swab it, you put it in there, you send it away. It tells you what diseases you might get, all that kind of stuff. When I say the accuracy of this thing was so bizarre yeah. to the point where it had everything anybody in my family has ever had. Weird. It, it Stuff like if you – apparently it's in your genetics whether or not like if you walk into the sun, you're going to sneeze. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> and I do. And okay. it was down there. And every wow. – it was so accurate. It was crazy. The other thing that's – so then it also tells you your ancestry. So most people, it's like even if you look like, you know, anyone, anyone you're like 20% African or Asian. Yeah. Or what, you know, usually some – I'm literally 99% Irish. Like it's all, it's just <laughs> Ireland. I was like, oh my god. Like no drunk Irish person just like – A Viking screwed didn't come a, through. You know. Yeah. Screwed a Danish person. I mean, it's just Genghis Khan. Ever. Yeah, it is like, oh my god, that's exa- genealogy roadshow. There was a couple. The guy looked like ZZ Top guy, mm-hmm. and his lady, uh, their his wife was black woman, and then they had two little children. And uh, he wanted to know. He was pretty sure that he had black ancestry. And mm-hmm. uh, the genealogist runs his DNA and goes, "This almost never happens. You are ninety nine percent white, my friend. One <laughs> percent." Portuguese and his you see his wife looking off into the distance and I picture her thinking are we done are we done <laughs> right, now? Right, thinking right. you're not black I'm so sorry my love right and uh, <laughs> you're actually related to the grand wizard <laughs> right <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're from the middle of India. Right. Where the clan was founded. And, uh, so, yeah, it's the crime technology stuff. I, uh. And then also, so then there's new machines where, so it used to be if you had DNA and you wanted to find, 
try to find a match. It would take like a week, let's say, in the lab. Okay? Yeah. Um, it now, there's machines that can run like dozens of batches in one hour. So it's crazy. Wow. And it only takes like a skin cell. I mean, it's the tiniest sample and the quickest time yes. turnover. It's going to, yeah, it's crazy. It's that is so crazy. great. Wow. It's so great. They're really the, the, um, the, the, I mean, a lot of cold cases are being solved that way, which is okay. great. And, um, it's really just a matter of getting the resources to get the DNA from possible suspects to try to match. With, oh, right, right. Someone has to go have. through all that old right. stuff. It's sort right. of like digitizing. Yeah. Data. It just takes, it's just man hours at right. this point. Right. Well, that's fascinating because, mm-hmm. and, and will there ever be a hologram machine like Angela has on bones? I don't, I doubt <laughs> it. I doubt anything on bones will ever really happen. But, um, that's, that was the other thing that I learned at the, uh, at the association. One of the guys was like, the general public knew how little resources we had. They'd be horrified. Like it's right. shocking that anything ever gets solved. Right. Like it's every time I go into a police station or like a detectives bureau, I'm like, why is it dark in here? And then I always, they're like, well, cause the lights are dim to save money. And I'm like, oh God, this is that's, just, that's <laughs> never, oh my I mean, God. I know that's, that's probably a good thing, right. but it's literally like you can't read. Yeah. And I'm, your eyes are like, straining. Folks, come on. We can do, yeah, maybe. you know. Maybe we find a couple of bucks here. Right. Off of the football team or somebody. Right. It's a, yeah, Castle used to, the first season of Castle had, um, a lot of jokes about how they did not have the resources oh, of a, of, of a TV show. And right. then the following year, it oh, was all then, out the window. And then, then they were, like, there was a, yeah, like an espresso a, machine. And right. But also like a fingerprint, like on a wall. Like I love <laughs> how it's just suddenly, yeah. Meanwhile, like it's really grim when you really see what they, <laughs> I bet. I bet. It's just bad. That is so crazy. Cause I mean, I'm playing a, I'm playing a, a hidden object game called Criminal Case and oh. I have been playing it for two years. Is it online? It is. It's a mm-hmm. Facebook game, uh, and an iPad hidden. game and it's a hidden object and it's also a murder mystery thing. Wait, why and, am, <clears throat> this sounds like, why have I not met my true love? I don't, hidden object. Well, let me tell you something <laughs> about this game is that for years, cause I've been playing it probably for two years yeah. and, um, it just turned into the greatest game in the world about okay. three months ago. And Andy's like, this is the dumbest game in the world. This would be like um, me telling you my favorite comedian was blah. Right. And I was like, uh, Ooh, let's fill in blah. <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but anyway, back so, to hidden. Okay. So it's just, yeah. And by the way, everybody's comedy is a snowflake unto themselves and right. do whatever you want We're to do. Indigo and I, children. Right. And I don't need to, and I don't need to like all of it. That's all I'm saying. And she, nobody needs to like mine. So right. whatever. It's just not for me if it isn't for me. Okay. So next up was hidden. criminal case, right. the hidden objects. The creepiest part of the thing is that the bodies are super graphic, but it's cartoony. So it's one of the most disturbing. You're just like, okay. Are you, are you in that like you're, Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, you're the Sherlock position. Holmes. Okay. And then you are given five, you are, you go through and you find all these clues and the clues go to the lab oh. and the lab takes between, uh, three and five hours, 15 hours to. In real time. In real time. <gasps> yeah. I, lo- I love Criminal it. case. Okay. Get but do you have to play it on Facebook? This is how. No. Okay. You can play it on your iPad. Oh, okay. Or your iPhone, wow, I guess. But, yeah. Hours I don't have oh, yeah. to spend. Yeah. This is entirely a time <laughs> suck. And, uh. Do you solve cases? You, I, oh, I solve what, cases. What's your solve rate? Uh, I saw, I've solved every single one of them. Because, well, but so the thing is the clues. Jackie can't be that good. I don't, well, and the clues are lame. They're like, oh. he has brown hair. He likes suntan lotion. Right. And he eats hot peppers. Oh my God. It's that guy. And you're like, right. uh, 
Than oh, actually. Okay, so okay. it took like many cases for for the people that are doing the game to really make the storyline really work. Right, to tweak it a bit. Yeah. yeah. And so the storyline in the end, I'm in the second city now. I had finished uh, oh. Grimsboro mm-hmm. and I literally want a t-shirt, a Grimsboro t-shirt uh, that oh you can God. get, you can put on your avatar. Uh, it looks like they might have it because... Uh, now I have a new, I have new partners. I have a new precinct. I'm in right. the bayou, but it's written. I looked it up. It's written by these, um, this game company in Paris. Oh, okay. So they're young French kids, little emo programmers, right? Mm-hmm. Who are in Paris and they don't have all of the information about the United States. Right. So <laughs> the noble Native American savages are both noble and savage. Right. When it turns out they are just people. <laughs> and, oh uh, and then oh, you're in wow. like like the dodgier parts and the black characters are super and everyone's a caricature. And right now I'm in the bayou. Right. They know shit about the bayou. Oh, wow. Confederate flags and frogs on a plate. Oh, my God. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. This is, that's yeah. a, like fascinating just to look at. It oh, my is, God. It is at that. It is at that. So yeah. what, uh, um, all right. So everyone should go to True Crime Diary. It's Michelle McNamara, by the way, as we wrap it up, because we're pushing an hour now. Oh, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's been, it's been great. It's, uh, you're going to finish the book. Yes, I'm and finish the book. And the book is who was the Golden Gate Killer? And then you're gonna say the John Gate Killer. Oh my God, he did not. Please did do not impugn that bridge. He didn't have kill anyone on the Golden Gate Bridge. He, the Golden State, Golden State, because we're the Golden State here in California. Yes, super golden without any water. And he killed. He probably killed also people in other states that we don't know about. But I, he mostly killed a lot of people in Golden. But Such it's not, a California attitude, man. Yeah, we don't care about other states, and we're really big. It's very like surfer. Sure, but he. Um, it's called "I'll Be Gone in the Dark." I'll be gone in the dark. Because that's something he said to one of his victims. Oof. Which makes me think that he may not English may not have been his. He, the right. American idiom was a little odd with him. Yeah, he would say things that were a little off, and I, I've often wondered if that he means grew up he in a home where English was not their first language. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be gone in the dark. I'll be gone in the dark. And then there were other things too that were like he talked about the bed twinging. He said, "Don't make the bed twinge." Just things oh. that didn't. Yeah, yeah. Wh- were a little off, and I'm like, why would they be a little off? Yeah. Of a of a serial murder. Why are you a little <laughs> off in the way you talk? These are the right. questions that keep me up at night. Exactly. <laughs> Don't you know the pronoun goes first? And uh, that is crazy. All right. Yeah. So everyone, true story. They should just go back and read all the old, the all, all the previous blog entries. Yes, from, there uh, are time, from many many yes from like two thousand seven. There are a lot, and I talk about a lot of cold cases there, so you can do that. I would highly recommend Ghetto Side. Yeah. Um. I would. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. And then, and then follow you on Twitter, uh, and you'll get the update. Yeah. And, um, I may go 23 and me. I may, uh, swap yeah. my own dealy bob and, uh, send it or off. Or Ancestry find out. does it too now. To Ancestry. Oh, Ancestry.com. Ancestry. Mm-hmm. We'll do it for you. Yeah. But, and Ancestry, I think it's only $99 now. Like back when Pat and I did it, it was like $400. Cause right. it was like they just starting to do right. it. And now it's like now 99. volume. Yeah. Volume. It's the iPod. But it went down. What is your ancestry? Ancestry. Um, supposedly I'm half Armenian, mm-hmm. a quarter Irish. Wait, Armenian? Armenian. Oh. Look deeply into my eyes. I will sell you a rug. <laughs> no. And 
and uh, uh, the I love uh, your people's food. My people got good food. They we do. Got, oh. It's my uh, friend of mine on Facebook was all mad because of Armor Marty Day, Armor mm-hmm. Armenian Martyrs Day was mm-hmm. the last week. Oh, I know. And I know. Uh, oh, hard not to know. I know about and the G word and <laughs> <laughs> the controversial G word. The oh, the genocide. Yes, yeah, that Barack and, Obama will not say anymore. No one will okay. ever say it because we have all of our troops in Turkey, yeah. and so we can't offend. Anyway, um, and as my father likes to say. Well, we would still live there. Who wants to live there? I'd be a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, thanks for supporting grandma's march through Syria for three months. Right. Oh, so she really like came. <laughs> oh, from yeah, she was in the, wow. yeah, she was in a, a small town in Turkey and, uh, they were, they were ejected so quickly by the Turkish army that there was still bread in the oven. And she would tell that story wow. and she was like, you know, that bread probably burned. <laughs> <laughs> She always tried to make it funny. We had a family that was very close friends, still are, uh, close friends of ours, the Demersians, who are Armenian, yep. who had a restaurant. And it always, I found slightly, uh, the man's, the father's name was Arson, which I, I guess is maybe an Armenian name. It wasn't, but- it was an Armin? No, it was arson. It was arson. arson okay. As in, yeah, yeah. As as an arson. So every time I saw him, I just thought of fire and it was Well, weird. when I first moved here, there are more Armenians here than I've ever seen in my oh, life. And go to the Americana. And uh, you, can go to the, <laughs> you can go across the street. <laughs> I am in a... And they have different parenting skills is all I'm going to say. And the, I'm going to shut up after that. <laughs> but, well, we've, but you notice it at the Americana. Dish. There's been some real dish going on here at this episode of The Dark Forest. I, it's what I always They endorse I, the Hunger Games is well, all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh my I, God. No, I just think yeah. that they are, they like their kids to be tough. Did you see my bow and arrow that I got for Christmas right there no. in between the two Is it bookcases? A real one? Yeah, it's a oh. real bow and arrow. I got it for Christmas. Wow. And uh, along with these moccasins and, uh, and a knife. Wow. I got a Hunger Games kit. Wait, for so Christmas. are you, oh, you <laughs> Wait, Armenian and then what, what else? Uh, Irish and Norwegian. Interest. That's a very yeah. interesting mix. My mother, my biological mother, uh, half, Irish, half Norwegian, both of her parents immigrants. Mm-hmm. My father, Armenian, both of his parents immigrants. Oh. And, um. Norwegians among the Scandinavians are apparently slutty, slutty. That's what I heard from oh, so my. Oh, they Nor- put out? That my Norwegian friend, I said, what are the, uh, the characteristics of the different Scandinavian countries? And she said, oh, they'll always tell you that the Norwegians are slutty. And I was like, oh, that's terrible. And, um, that's but then so that, weird. And it's so different from the Irish, right? Who we know put up only, or put out only, you know, after a lot of alcohol and, right, and, right. and mm. yeah. So that's an interesting mix. I like that. My mother put out, uh, mm. she was good and she was a good breeder. Six kids. Oh, I didn't, yeah. me yeah, too. Yeah. Six yeah. kids. I didn't know that. Where do you call? Uh, what? Oh, Where I'm you... youngest. Me too. Oh, weird. How many boys? One and then five girls. <gasps> what was yours? Four boys. My sister <gasps> was born. My grandmother said, oh, good, now someone to wait on them. And uh, oh. my sister said, oh, you were mistaking me for someone else. And right. then I was born the spare. And uh, Wow. Yeah. You were the Five youngest girls. with four brothers? Yeah. I could not have handled that. How many? Where's your brother? Uh, Dead he, center? Three, three girls, boy, two girls. Wow. And, you know, he could have come out like super macho. He's not at all. Right. I mean, he's just a very He could have been solid. tormented. Yeah. I mean, but what a, yeah, he's, he's had a weird, it was a matriarchy in our family for sure. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember when I, uh, when my brother Russ went to college, he told me that I had to visit our grandmother on Thursday nights because that's when he did. <laughs> and I was like, okay. He said, you'll get a steak out of it. And, uh, and I was like, all right. And so after school, I went and visited my grandmother and did any errands she needed done. And uh, the first two weeks she gave me steak after that chicken. And then I, I, girl. yeah. And I said, uh, what's happening? 
And she goes, boys need red meat. And I said, oh, the worst, right? And I said, well, I'm going to need an occasional steak or I'm not coming. Good for you. uh, And she was like, fair enough. Oh, my gosh. Good for her. Wow. Mm -hmm. Are they mostly all still in Wisconsin? Um, well, three of my siblings live in Minneapolis, actually, oh, which is okay. weird because my brother was in the Moonies mm-hmm. and his half, well, his rehabilitation halfway house was in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So he moved to Minneapolis in like 78, 1978. Oh, okay. And then I moved there in 90. Mm-hmm. And, um, did we live there at the same time? Our lives are now being very parallel. It's it weird. is weird because you're from outside of, you're Chicago. I, outside land, of Chicago, right? but then I went to grad school at U, U of M. Oh, really? From 94 to 97. Oh my God. And lived near the lakes. Yeah. Yeah. I lived there from 90 to 96. Oh my God. We that's probably so did overlap. Weird. I lived on, yeah, right near what's the lake that's right there. Um, uh, the main one. Right. Oh well, I live, um, I lived over by the West Bank because by the Gaza Strip. Oh. Okay. No, I Riverside and Franklin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, or which, what's the neighborhood? Um, yeah. You, you I'm going to clean this conversation okay. up. All right. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. Were you doing comedy? Yeah. Did you meet Maria there? Yeah. That's where I met Maria. And, uh, that's where I started. I started doing stand up in the eighties in, in my home, in my, where I went to college at Madison, University of Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And then, um, I graduated in 88 and then I was drunk for a couple of years and then I went to Minneapolis in 90. Oh, okay. And then I was still drunk, but I was doing stand up. Right. And it was lovely. And then I moved here in 97, I think, or 96. I moved here in 98. Oh, there you go. Um, I would never ever move back. I'm just, I, I yeah. don't mind the weather. It's just, all oh, the weather's, it's insane. It's, it's just, crazy. It, it's, uh, and it's, you, but it's, you just have to think about it is what's crazy. Yeah. You know, my brother just got a two wheel drive. I was like, what are you thinking? Front wheel drive or back? And he was like, I know, I know it's back wheel drive. And I said, what are you thinking? And he goes, I saved like four grand. And I said, well, what do you have four grand? Spend four grand. Right. Cause now you're going to have to get shoveled out of every snowdrift in the yeah. world. Oh God. This is a fast, we're going to dork out about, uh, <laughs> Minneapolis weather, you guys. Good times. Okay. All Michelle right. we'll McNamara, you've done okay. vital work. Get the bastards. That's what I say. And come back every bastard. year. Bastard. I will, I would be happy with just the bastard. Just the yes, one bastard. The one, uh, That's it. faceless man. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have Bye. a good one. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?